Hey guys, just before we get started, I wanted to kind of put a swear warning because I realize I do in fact swear a lot and I just kind of want to make sure if any kitties are listening that uh, you should probably stop now if unless you're a mature child. And also I'd like to say, uh, sorry mom, <laughs> let's get started with the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Long May She Rain podcast. I'm Aiden, I'm your host for this podcast. Um, I hope everyone's week was good. I had a difficult week. I don't know why, but this week I was uh, a little depressed. Um, I definitely had a hard time writing the script for this episode this week. Because I was just like, there's so many other things that I could do. And by other things, I just laid on my bed and stared at the ceiling for like two days. And I really had to like rush job this uh, script for this episode, so I'm sorry if I leave things out. I really did try my best to hustle yesterday and finish the script because it was uh, only halfway done uh, yesterday, so I'm glad I got it done. Um, <laughs> in other news, oh my god, okay, so the funniest thing happened to me last night, so I, I don't sleep. I don't know if you know that about me, but I'm not good at sleeping. And um, I was on my phone, and I had a candle lit at the other end of my room. So there was, like, a little light in the room, but, like, you couldn't really see much in my room. And my brother, out of nowhere, just, like, walks in my room, but, like, real quiet-like. And the door was open, so I didn't see him because I was looking at my phone. (laughs) And he was, like, he had barely finished saying hi before I screamed and almost dropped my phone. (laughs) And all he had come into my room to tell me was that, so, on on his video game, he loves playing video games, um, I guess there's, like, this, like, role play sort of thing on his video game, and he came in to tell me that he got arrested. That's all he had to say, and then he was like, alright, good night. And (laughs) he just left. So, that happened, that was scary, I almost got, uh, the life (laughs) scared out of me. Uh... In other other news, so I was looking through the stats on the app that I use to record this podcast, um, and it like it like tells me a whole bunch of stuff like uh, how many uh, plays my episode has gotten, um, how, whether how many male or female people are listening. But one thing it does tell me is the percentage of like countries that listen to me, and. Um, some of them were, like, pretty typical, like, Canada, of course, because I'm from Canada, so Canadians, I guess, want to listen to me. Uh, number two was the United Kingdom, which I find strange, because I don't know why Brits would want to listen to me talk about their own history. But there was this, just, like, this one percentile, so it must be just, like, one person who listened to me from, like, Croatia, and there was, like, a couple of people from, like, Greece, which is, like, weird. If If you're listening to me from Croatia or Greece... Let me know on Twitter, because I want to know who y'all are. Alright, anyway, on to the topic at hand. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. That was very rambly. Uh, Today we are discussing Frida Kahlo. Now, you probably know her as the famous Mexican painter. Now, I'd obviously heard of Frida Kahlo uh, before, and... But up until, like, the movie Coco came out, I didn't really know anything about Frida Kahlo. I'd seen her, like, paintings with, like, her monkeys and, like, her unibrow, which is pretty nice. But I'd never actually done some full research on her. And she was very fascinating. I really enjoyed um, 
researching her for this week, so let's get into it, guys. Alright, so Frida Kahlo was born on July 6, 1907 in Mexico City, Mexico. And you're going to love her full name upon her birth because it kind of reminds me of Esteban in <laughs> The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody with his Esteban Julio Ricardo Ramirez. I don't know the rest, but it's long. Uh, Frida's full name upon her birth was Magdalena Carmen Frida Kahlo Calderon. I believe that's how you pronounce it. I swear I pronounce I swear I practice these before I do my script, but you know what? I'm going to start writing them down phonetically uh, so that I don't mess them up because I feel like I am being incredibly insensitive when I can't pronounce anything of these native cultures. I'm very sorry. Now, you, you'll notice that Frida actually has two last names. Now, it's not weird to have composite last names. I mean, a couple of my cousins have composite last names. I know plenty of people with composite last names. I actually found, like, this random fun fact about why she has two last names. So, apparently, it was actually incredibly common practice for Spanish children. Like, it was a Spanish thing to have composite surnames. But that was just kind of like a, like your, uh full legal name, but more often children will go by their father's surname, so that's why she's Frida Kahlo. Uh, it's not really relevant fact, but I just thought it was interesting. Now, obviously, I have to tell you about her zodiac sign, because I can't help myself, and you guys know I like astrology. Like, I'm not, like, a hardcore astrology girl. Like, I'm not like, oh my god, I do this because I'm a Libra. But, um, I do enjoy, uh, how astrology signs can sometimes, like, knock it right on the head. And I j sometimes I just don't think it's a coincidence that people happen to be born under a zodiac sign and them having a very similar personality to what they're supposed to now, because she was born in July 6th, she is a Cancer, and I'm not personally close with many Cancers, but a few of my favorite book characters are actually Cancers, like uh, Ponyboy Curtis from The Outsiders, and actually, oh, sorry, that was a burp. Uh, if you don't know this about me, I'm a writer. I am currently trying to uh, write a book. If you guys are uh, interested in that, I'll talk about it more if you guys, like, care at all. But one of my, uh, personal favorite characters that I wrote for that book, uh, his name is Tommy Rousseau, is also a Cancer, so clearly I have a thing for Cancers. Um, so Cancers in general are very emotional people, and they're very friendly. They're also very artistic, which, uh, I think Fritz fits, I'm sorry, fits Frida very well, and I think you will be able to see that as we talk more about her. Now, when Frida was born, she was actually a middle child. She had uh, two older sisters named Matilde and Adriana. She actually also had two half-sisters because her, uh, apparently her father was married like before uh, her parents got married, but uh, they're not really relevant too much to the story, so I'm just like not... I didn't bother to Google their names. And uh, she had another younger... Well, she had a younger sister born the year after her named Christina. Now, her parents were kind of an interesting mix. Like, Frida came from a very interesting background. Now, her father was named William Kahlo, uh, but he was also called Guillermo, because I believe that's, like, the Spanish version of William. Uh, he was a German photographer, and thanks to him being a photographer, we actually have, like, a million photos of Frida as a kid, which is awesome. So, thanks, Mr. Kahlo. Uh, so... Willie Kahlo <laughs> migrated to uh, Mexico, where he eventually met and married uh, Frida's mother, who was also named Matilde, like Frida's sister. So, uh, 
we're going to call her Mama M so no one gets confused because for some reason they decided to name their first daughter after the mother. They did that a lot because no one was creative with names in any culture. It's not just white people. Um, so Mama M, uh, let's talk about her for a second. She was actually a mixed race Mexican woman of indigenous and Mexican heritage. They actually had this like word uh, that I couldn't find again. Like I came across it when I was looking at stuff about Frida's mother, they used this, like, term to describe her being mixed race, but I couldn't find it again. And apparently it's a term to to describe someone of any kind of mixed race, like, you don't have to be, like, half white or uh, half Mexican to have this term used about you, but that's what they called her. So Frida's family was definitely a mix of, like, a European and Mexican culture growing up. Now, when Frida was six years old, she actually contracted polio. Uh, you've probably heard of it, but you might not know what it is. So I'm going to talk about it because, honestly, I didn't really know much about polio uh, myself. Now, it's an infectious disease that we actually have a vaccine for now, which is really great. Uh, but back then, it was, like, a really bad thing to have now. It would attack the muscles and make them weak, and some people in severe cases ended up in wheelchairs for the rest of their lives, but others just might have a hard time walking. Now, Frida's not the only uh, really famous person to get polio. Uh, some other people like President uh, Franklin... Sorry, Franklin Delano Roosevelt had it too. FDR actually even had a panel uh, put up in the Resolute desk in the Oval Office so guests wouldn't see him in his wheelchair. It was like this like big thing with him. like He was like very insecure about it. <coughs> so uh, he had that panel put up. Actually, you can see, uh, if you guys have ever seen that famous photo of John F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, playing in the like little tunnel... In the Resolute desk, that panel was put there by FDR. Anyway. Um, anyway, back to Frida. I'm sorry. Now, it left poor six-year-old Frida bedridden for nine months, and when she was finally able to fight off the disease, it damaged her right leg so badly that she limped when she lost walked. Why did I just say locked? I'm sorry. Uh, but despite this, her father actually encouraged her to get really active. Uh, he had her learn to play soccer, swim, and even wrestle, which is interesting, to help her get better and to, like, strengthen her muscles. Now, obviously, this was strange for a girl to be doing sports like this in this time period, but it really did aid in her recovery. And uh, Frida and her father actually became really close during this time, and she was definitely his favorite child, like, 100%. Uh, and he even actually taught her how to develop and color photos with him, which was like a father-daughter hobby that they did together. Now, I, I just kind of want to kind of get away from Frida. Not really. Now, I want to talk more about uh, the Mexican Revolution that kind of went down during her childhood and how it kind of transformed Mexico into the place Frida was so eager to embrace later in life. Now, I'm probably going to skim, well, actually, I'm really, really going to skim the Mexican Revolution, because a lot of it is not important to cover, but I still thought it was important to discuss in relation to Frida. Now, the revolution itself is not the impact it had on Frida, because she was so young. In fact, uh, she described it like a bad dream throughout her childhood. It caused her parents uh, a lot of stress. Uh, because their marriage was actually pretty unhappy, despite them, like, marrying for love in, like, the first place. 
At one point, they even had to remortgage their house just to feed themselves because the revolution was kind of making Mexico pretty poor. Now, what I really want to talk about is what happened after and how the war affected Mexican culture. Now, up until this point, Mexican culture had been pretty overshadowed by Spanish culture. Mexico had no identity, but by the start of the 1920s, Mexico began to find their culture through food, colors, traditions, art, and literature. Now, even though she didn't know it at the time, Frida would eventually become a very important part of Mexico's cultural identity, and she would become influenced by the ideas of the revolution and what they did to Mexico when she went to school. Now, speaking of school, let's talk about her education. Now, because of polio, she actually started school later than other kids her, her age. She actually started uh, school a year later, and she attended the local kindergarten, kindergarten with her sister, Christina. And after that, she was homeschooled for 5th and 6th grade. Now, at just 15, she was accepted into the National Preparatory School, which was impressive for one reason, because the school had only recently, like, just barely started letting girls in, and she was one of 35 girls allowed to attend the first year that they started letting girls in, which kind of reminds me of, you get, you know, in Zoe 101, where they go to that school that, like, just became co-ed? That's what it reminds me of. Now, apparently she enjoyed reading at school. She was very politically active and immersed herself in Mexican heritage. She even formed a small group of friends who were against everything conservative. They played pranks and discussed philosophy and books. And honestly, this makes me think of how me and my best friend already spend our time, except for the fact that Frida joined the Young Communist League at school, but uh, neither me or my best friend are communist, so I can't relate in that regard, but good for Frida, I guess. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about the start of her art career and the accident that made it happen. Now, when Frida was about 18 years old, uh, she was on a bus with her then-boyfriend at school uh, when a streetcar crashed into the bus she was on. Now, this accident killed several people, and uh, Frida was very, very injured. Uh, the crash fractured her ribs, and she was even impaled by a street rail that fractured her spine. To be honest, it's kind of a fucking miracle that she even survived the crash. Uh, it left her bedridden for months. And at this time, she had actually been considering pursuing a career in medicine, but now this was pretty much unlikely due to her in injury. Now, while she was bedridden, she began to paint because she was super bored laying in bed. Now, Frida had taken some drawing classes, and she was pretty interested in art, but she had never con seriously considered that she could make it into a career for herself. So what she did while she was bedridden, she set up a special easel next to her bed and a mirror so she could paint a self-portrait of herself. And she quickly realized that she could do something with this. Now, her art style was pretty abstract, but the details in her face of her first uh, self-portrait shows that she was interested in realism. She painted more and more pictures of herself while she was uh, bedridden. She even did some portraits of her school friends and her sisters. Uh, she Also during this time, she began to study art from the Renaissance, and some old masters like Botticelli who actually seemed to be her favorite of all the Renaissance artists. Like, she really, really studied his work and uh, loved it. Now, after she recovered, Frida continued to work uh, with the Mexican Communist Party, because, of course, she did. And this is where she ran into a man named Diego Rivera at a party. 
Now, these two had actually met before. When Frida was 15, Diego had actually come to paint a mural at her school. Apparently, she had a big crush on him. I read a quote that uh, one of Frida's friends uh, talked about. Apparently, Frida said she was going to have Diego's babies. Which, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh... <laughs> Now, when they met, she actually asked him to judge uh, her art, uh, which at this point she had been doing for a couple of years, and he was actually very interested in her work and realized she was, in fact, very talented and encouraged her to continue art. Now, Frida and Diego started a relationship, and uh, this is gross because Diego was, like, 20 years older than her and also already had... Was that, he was actually already married at the time, but uh, he, he would get a divorce, like, real soon. Uh, and once uh, Diego and his other wife got a divorce, Frida and Diego actually got married in a civil ceremony at the town hall of the um, neighborhood that she lived in in Mexico City on the 21st of August, 1929. Now, her mother was all like, eh. <laughs> she really didn't like the marriage. Actually, both parents, both of her parents referred to her marriage as a marriage between an elephant and a dove. Uh, this was because Diego was, like, he was really tall dude. Like, he was huge. I didn't check out his actual height, but he was very, very tall, and he was also overweight. overweight. And uh, Frida was really short and very skinny. So, that's funny. Uh, but Frida's father actually kind of approved of Riviera, not because, uh, <laughs> Willie Kahlo even really liked him all that much, but Diego was wealthy, so he was able to support Frida, so Willie Kahlo just kind of had to grin and bear it, and, and as long as his daughter was supported, he really didn't very care <laughs> that much what he looked like or what his personality was like. Now that I've introduced Diego to you, let's talk about him just for a quick second. Now, <laughs> let's find out what Mr. Diego's deal was. Now, he was born in 1886, and that's, like I said, that's gross because he was like 20 years older than her. It's like if I decided to date uh, someone who was born in the 80s, like Hayden Christensen or something like that. Julia, I know you're listening. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so when he was born, he was actually a twin. He had a twin brother, and him and his twin brother were very close, but unfortunately, uh, his twin brother died. I don't know what he died of. Probably, like, 1900s causes. Sorry, 1800s causes, because babies died all the time in this time period. And this is actually when Diego uh, started drawing. Uh, one time his parents actually caught him drawing on the walls, so they set up chalkboards on the walls to encourage his talent. Now, like I said, he was actually uh, married uh, before Frida twice. He actually had a couple children from his other former wives. And both of his former wives were also painters and artists. So clearly he had a type and he stuck to it, which I guess is good for him. Now, soon after marrying Diego in 1929, Frida changed her personal style and her painting style. She began to wear the traditional... Oh, no. I practiced this. Why can't I pronounce it? Tijuana. Tijuana. 
Tijuana. I'm, pr- sh- I'm sure I should be saying this with an accent, but I probably can't. It is a type of dress that actually became a trademark. You can definitely see in pictures of her and self-portraits of herself. Now, it consisted of a floral headdress, a loose blouse, gold jewelry, and a long ruffled skirt. Actually, in her painting, Frida and Diego, that she painted a couple years after uh, her and Diego got married, shows not only her new look, but also her new interest in Mexican folk art, which had become very popular since the Mexican Revolution, as, like I said before, Mexican people were becoming more aware and proud of their culture, and they were rejecting many years of brutal colonialism from the Spanish. I actually love this portrait of her and Diego. Now, it shows Diego uh, standing to the left holding a palette and brushes, which are obviously the objects of his profession, and he appears as if he is an important artist. Uh, Frida, on the other hand, is petite and demure beside him, uh, with his hand in hers, and uh, actually, with both of them have darker skin tones than in her earlier work. And I think all of this kind of conveys the role that she presumed Diego kind of wanted from her, which was kind of the traditional Mexican wife. And that's what Frida tried to be at the start of their marriage, a good wife, but it was a bit difficult. Frida loved Diego, and I think maybe Diego might have loved her a lot too, but he didn't always return the affection tenfold like Frida did. Now, early in the marriage, they actually moved around the United States a lot because Diego was in high demand as a mural artist. Like, that was kind of like his thing. He painted murals. Now, they lived in San Francisco, California, and then they went to New York City for Diego's show at the Museum of Modern Art. Now, while they were in New York, Frida uh, and Diego saw a little bit trouble. Now, Diego was asked to paint a mural for Mr. Nelson Rockefeller. Yes, those Rockefellers, Rockefeller Square. Uh, Diego created a mural mural <laughs> called Man at the Crossroads in the RCA building at Rockefeller Center. But Nelson Rockefeller halted work on the project after Diego decided it would be a good fucking idea to include a portrait of communist leader Vladimir Lenin in the mural. That later got painted over, and Frida and Diego received some serious heat for this because it was America, and they really don't like communists, even in the 1930s. Now, after this, they moved to Detroit for uh, Diego's commission with the Detroit Institute of Art. Now, while there, Frida was actually pregnant, but unfortunately, she had a miscarriage while she was there, and almost, like, right after that, like, barely... I think it was a couple weeks. Um, Frida's mother, unfortunately, passed away from complications during a surgery. And this is when she painted two of probably the darkest paintings in her career. Uh, one in Henry Ford Hospital in 1933, um, where uh, Frida depicted herself hemorrhaging on a hospital bed amid a barren landscape, which kind of represented her um, her miscarriage. I believe she had had a miscarriage before this, so, like, she was very depressed about it. She also painted uh, My Birth, where she painted a very taboo scene of a shrouded woman giving birth, which probably most likely represented her mother. Now, her and her mother had never particularly gotten along. Like, they were very different people, but her death still upset Frida a lot, and her multiple miscarriages, including this one, had made her very sad. I mean, Frida had always wanted children. She'd always wanted to be a mom, and I can't imagine the kind of depression that she was going through at the time, which must have been really horrible for her. 
Okay, so by the end of 1933, Diego and Frida uh, decided to move back to Mexico, and by both decided, I mean Frida wanted to go back, and Diego begrudgingly, that's a word, right? Begrudgingly? (laughs) Decided to follow her home. Now, they bought a home, uh, I believe it was in Mexico City. I know they bought a home. I think it was in Mexico City, uh, that had separate quarters for both of them. They had separate art studios and separate bedrooms, but, uh, their house was still adjoined by this, like, little bridge, so they could have their own space, and I believe Frida's side of the house was actually painted pink, and, uh, Diego's side was actually painted blue, which is fun, uh, but their marriage was a little... Now, their marriage was never traditional, like, in the first place. Uh, Diego had many affairs, and at one point, he even cheated on her with Frida's little sister, Christina, which really, really upset Frida. I mean, it's a lot to already cheat on your spouse, but to cheat on your spouse with her sister, and Frida and Christina were pretty close because, you know, they went to, they went to school together because of polio, uh, and they were in the same grade, and they were very, they were also very close in age, so that really hurt Frida a lot, and it actually hurt her so much that she actually cut off her long, dark hair, really short. That's how upset she was. Now, Frida actually did have a few affairs of her fo- of her own to kind of, like, get revenge at Diego. And I want to talk about one that's, uh, rumored. I don't really know how true it is. Like, some, uh, research that I found said, like, oh, like, we don't know if it happened, but other bits of research was like, oh, yeah, this definitely happened. Now, both Frida and Diego were on and off members of the Communist Party, like I've talked about. They really liked communism. Now, both of them had watched the rise of the communism, and they both became fans of a Mr. Leon Trotsky. But in Russia, after uh, Mr. Vladimir Lenin died, you may have heard of him, uh, Trotsky and a feller named Stalin, Joseph Stalin, you, you might have heard of him, you know. Uh, both of them were fighting for leadership of the Communist Party in Russia. Now, Trotsky lost, and he lost bad, and Stalin was like, get the fuck out, or I'm gonna kill you, and Trotsky was like, that's a great idea, I'm gonna leave. So Trotsky, <laughs> Trotsky got exiled, and, uh, in 1929, and over the next few years, Trotsky, like, bounced around through, like, different countries, like, I think he went to Turkey and France, until he was actually invited to Mexico for political asylum. Now, Diego would actually, uh, Diego would actually convince the president of Mexico to give Trotsky asylum, and the president was like, ah, and Diego was like, please, and the president was like, all right. So, uh, when Trotsky showed up, Diego was actually sick, so Frida greeted him, uh, herself at the dock, along with, uh, Trotsky's wife, who was also there with him. Now, it wasn't long after the couple settled in that a romance developed between Frida and Trotsky. Now, uh, Trotsky's secretary, uh actually, uh, remembered the pair's, uh, blunt flirtations under the nose of Trotsky's wife. Um, (laughs) now Trotsky's wife, uh, Sidova, actually, I think, yeah, Sidova, didn't understand English very well, which was, uh, what Trotsky and, uh, Frida would communicate it. 
Now, Trotsky and Frida met a lot at Frida's sister's house, and Trotsky slipped love notes into the books he lent her. Uh, but uh, Frida and Trotsky's... They were not being discreet, like people knew, and this uh, didn't prevent uh, Sadova from discovering uh, the affair. She basically gave her gave her husband an ultimatum. It was kind of like me or her, and uh, Trotsky chose his wife because, of course, he did. Now, uh, even though they were not together anymore, they t- kept in touch like a lot, and she even gave him a self portrait of herself, which he actually had hung in his office like for a long time, and. After the affair was over, Frida waved that shit in Diego's face like, ha ha, I had an affair with a communist leader, fuck you, man. And to be fair, he kind of deserved it for sleeping with her sister and cheating on her, like, all the time. <laughs> now, by 1939, after about ten years of marriage, Frida and Diego realized that they were not happy. They were both cheating on each other, they had mostly lived separately for a lot of their marriage, and they got into a lot of fights. Diego actually apparently had a really bad temper. Like, it was, like, very fiery temper, and he got mad very easily. Now, I don't know if he ever, like, hit her or anything, but honestly, I wouldn't put it past him, because he was a big guy, and she was a very small girl, he got angry easy. Anyway, so, they decided to get a divorce. Um... Because, actually, Diego actually had this, like, other lady that, like, he was planning on marrying, so, like, a divorce was, like, perfect for him. (coughs) Sorry. Uh, Frida actually decided to move back to her childhood home, Casa Azul. I believe that's what it was. And uh, she actually started to do more solo showings of her art. Now, up until this point, uh, she, while she was a pretty famous artist in her own right, she had mostly just been Diego Rivera's wife. And she had only ever had one major exposition of her art the year before when she sold nearly 25 paintings, but Diego was there with her, so it wasn't really a solo exhibition. I actually think Diego was selling art there, too, so. Uh, Now, in the same year that she got divorced, Frida traveled to Paris, where she met the one and only Josephine Baker, and they had an affair. Now, I went into more detail about it in the Josephine episode, if you want to know a bit more about the affair. But to be fair, oh, that rhymes, uh, there's not a lot of info on it in the first place. Um, you know what I actually realized while doing this episode? If if you go listen to the Josephine episode, you find out that Josephine's like first name like upon her birth was also Frida. And Frida's middle name was Frida, and she went by Frida. So, like... And Josephine changed her name from Frida to Josephine. So they both went by their middle names. Which is weird. Uh, Sorry, I just found that interesting. They have that in common. I didn't go over that because I didn't find out that uh, Frida wasn't actually Frida's first name. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so I kind of want to talk about uh, Frida's bisexuality. Now, she actually was... Uh, bisexual, and, like, I didn't know, uh, a lot about it until, uh, Frida was suggested to me as a topic for Pride Month, because I was having a hard time finding, uh, women to, uh, do for this series. Now, uh, some historians, as they do, were like, oh, was she really bisexual? But actually, even Frida's fucking husband was aware that she liked women. I actually read this quote that Diego said once that 
uh, he said, you know that Frida is a homosexual, don't you? Which I, I don't remember who he was saying that to, but he said it. Now, back then, they didn't really understand bisexuality so much, so he probably just would have thought she was, like, a lesbian, but she was hiding it, because, you know, it was the 1930s, and you could get stoned to death for that. And also, Frida spent a lot, a lot of time cross-dressing. Like, a lot. Like, um, now, she did wear the traditional Mexican dress that I talked about, but I actually found a few photos of Frida wearing suits. Which is great, because women look great in suits. I'm I'm straight, but women look great in suits, and that's just a fact. Um, <coughs> sorry. Now, uh, sorry, back to Frida. Um, well, that was kind of about Frida. I'm sorry. Now, in 1940, <laughs> World War II uh, was obviously underway, and in that same year, uh, Frida's old uh, Bothang Trotsky was assassinated. And Frida was actually suspected of being involved, since she was, for some reason, friends with the murderer. So she was held in jail for a few days, and but she was eventually uh, cleared of all charges. Turns out that Stalin uh, had finally caught up with Trotsky and had him assassinated with an ice pick to the back of he- back of his head, which is a pretty punk rock way to go out, but it was probably very painful. Now, the next month after basically getting accused of murder, uh, Frida actually had to be treated in San Francisco, San Francisco <laughs> for back surgery. Now, her health was not all that great, actually had never been. Uh, but since her divorce, it had not uh, been great. Also, she still had lingering problems from that bus crash, you know, actually getting impaled by a streetcar rail uh, and surviving that makes you feel like shit for the rest of your life. And Frida had also began to drink really heavily since her divorce, and she also engaged in a lot of illicit drugs because she was so depressed. Uh, and while she was in San Francisco, guess who else was in San Francisco? If you guessed Diego Riviera, you'd be 100% right. <laughs> now, he had actually fled Mexico after Trotsky's murder because I, I don't know why he fled. Maybe he was friends with the murderer, too, like Frida was. I mean, if I guess if Frida knew him, Diego might have also known him. Uh, yeah. Um, now, when they met up in San Francisco, they had a heart-to-heart talk, and they decided to get back together, and they got married again <laughs> on December 8th, 1940, and they would remain married until Frida died. Now, this really pisses me off, because I'm like, sweetie, you are finally free. You are finally free from Diego Rivera. Why'd you go back? (laughs) Now, their relationship was a little bit better. I mean, since their divorce, both of them had gotten a lot of time to grow more independent. And they were less dependent on each other than they had been before. Uh, So, there was, like, less friction there. They both continued affairs. But it seems there was a lot less jealousy around this time. Now, even though Frida was a little less depressed and she and Diego were back together, her medical problems were definitely still bothering her. Now, she wore these supportive corsets to help her back, uh, but they didn't really do much, and she was definitely in constant pain a lot, and this was the 1930s, so they didn't really have good pain medicine like we do today, and her mood definitely got worse. Unfortunately, the year after she got 
uh, remarried to Diego. Her father, unfortunately, passed away in 1941, and this plunged her into a really, really deep depression, because as we've talked about, Frida and her father were very, very close, and his death kind of broke her. Now, after her father's death, she definitely spent more time at her childhood home, where she tended to her garden. Uh, She actually kept a lot of pets, like parrots and her famous monkeys, which you can see in a few of her portraits. There's also a portrait with her and her parrots. Now, she continued to be very productive during the 1940s. Actually, she painted her most paintings during the 1940s. She did a couple of self-portraits with her very stern gaze and unibrow. Uh, for which she became very famous, obviously. Uh, Frida underwent several surgeries in the late 40s and early 50s, which often uh, prolonged her hospital stays towards the end of her life. Uh, because of this, she actually required assistance with walking. And she appears in a self-portrait uh, uh, seated in a wheelchair because she couldn't walk, and her ill health actually caused her to attend her first and only solo exposition exhibition while she was live in, alive in Mexico, uh, she laid on a bed, which they had set up in the middle of the thing for her so that she could show her art and still be comfort- comfortable. Now we're coming to the end of her life. Unfortunately, in 1954, Frida passed away in her childhood home one week after her 47th birthday. Now, there has been a little bit of speculation regarding the nature of her death. It was reported to be caused by something called pulmonary embolism. I probably should have Googled what that means. Don't know. Uh, But there have also been a couple of stories that she possibly killed herself, which is totally, completely plausible. Because like I said, she was incredibly depressed, and her health in the last few years probably didn't make her feel any better. Uh, like, uh, they, they kind of consumed her life, especially in the 50s. Uh, she was, actually had been diagnosed with gangrene in her right foot in the 50s. So, uh, Frida spent, like, nine months in the hospital and had several operations during this time. Uh, but, uh, despite that, she continued to paint and support political causes. Like I said, despite her not even being able to walk, I mean, she was in a wheelchair for the, most of the end of her life. And actually, Frida's leg was amputated in 1953, the year before she died, to stop the spread of the gangrene. And also, there were other possible suicide attempts, which kind of reinforces the theory that she might have killed herself. Uh, She was hospitalized in, uh, like, two months before she died uh, because of poor health. Uh, Or it might have been a suicide attempt. We just don't know. And even though she had all these things, Frida just, like, did not let that stand in her way. I mean, like I said, she literally sat in the middle of an exhibition in bed just just to show her art. Her actual final public appearance before she died was a demonstration against the U.S.-backed overthrow of President Jacob R. Benz of Guatemala on July 2nd, so, like, only a couple weeks before she died. Now, her funeral was pretty okay. I mean, on the evening of the 13th of July, Frida's body was actually taken to this place called Palacio de Bel Artes, where it laid in state. Uh, originally, it was under a Mexican flag, but the Mexican flag was removed. 
and a communist flag was put on it, which was very controversial. Um, you know, Frida's, all this involvement with communism kind of reminds me of in the Josephine episode where I talked about how she was suspected of being a communist and how the FBI opened up a file on Josephine uh, because she was suspected. <laughs> Meanwhile, Frida was out here being like a totally open communist and I don't think the FBI ever opened up a file on her. Now, uh, back to her funeral. Uh, the following day, it was carried to the Patreon Civil de Dolores, where friends and family attended an informal funeral ceremony. Now, hundreds of admirers stood outside, and in accordance with her wishes, Frida was ca- cremated. Um, uh, Diego was at her funeral, and he stated her death was the most tragic day of his life. He would unfortunately himself die three years later in 1957. He actually did get married one more time before he died. And Frida's ashes are actually displayed in a pre-Columbian urn at her childhood home. Now, after Frida's death, Diego actually had her house, La Casa Azul, redesigned as a museum dedicated to her life. The Frida Kahlo Museum opened up to the public in 1958, a year after Diego's death. And the diary of Frida Kahlo covering the years 1944 to 1954 and the letters of Frida Kahlo were both published in 1995. Now, although Frida had achieved uh, success as an artist in her lifetime, her reputation kind of grew a lot from the 1970s and on, and uh, became what a lot of people call Frida mania. Now, she is probably one of the best-known artists of the 20th century, and the dramatic parts of her life, from her uh, horrible injury in a bus accident, and her uh, turbulent marriage and sensational love affairs, and heavy drinking and drug use inspired many books and movies. I think Selma Hayek uh, played her in the movie. Um, and her she became somewhat of a feminist hero, and I'm really glad she's getting the appreciation that she deserves for her work because she was a really cool lady and I just gotta say cheers to Frida Carlo. We love you, girl. Alright guys, thanks for listening. Uh, if there's a certain thing that you want to hear, just like hit me up on uh, Twitter at Long May She Rain 2. Uh, the N at the end of rain is replaced with a 2. Just so you know that. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Bye!